Good to have you back. The Bill Michaels Show. Hour number two. Hopefully uh, your day is good. Always appreciate you being here on this Monday. Uh, Over the weekend, I don't know if you caught this or not, but uh, kind of a shot. Kind of a shot. The Chicago Cubs put out a picture of Craig Council smiling in the Cubs hat and such. And it said, huge crowd on day one. So you know you're in a different place. Craig Council, quote, it's different here, end quote. Um, you're kind of on one hand patting yourself on the back and your fans on the back, and I understand that. On the other hand, you know who that's directed at. You know who it's directed at. And it just gave me another reason to hate the Cubs. For lack of, I mean, if you just want to get down to the raw emotion of it, when I read it, I thought, what a dick move. You're you're not doing that for any other reason other than just give a shot to the Brewers and the Brewers fans. But on the other hand, I like it. And I know it's stupid to say I like it, but I do. I like the rivalry. I I because I it's like pin it up. Pin it up in the locker room, man. Pin it up in the clubhouse. Pin it up in the front office. You're not gonna get a rivalry of heated proportions between Pat Murphy and Craig Council. You're not gonna get a rivalry between like the guys that Craig Council just managed to be mad at him and hate his guts and like like we can't stand Cubs fans. It, it, it just doesn't happen in today's day and age. Players are like, dude, he went out and got more. Good for him. That's what we want to do. You know, they're respecting him for that. So it's not like, oh, you left us. You took the same deal to go to the rival and you abandoned us. No, this was like a guy that went out and wanted to raise the level of pay for the managers when all the players want to do the exact same thing. All the players in any clubhouse is rooting for the next gigantic contract because that high tide raises all ships. So they love it. But the fans, we hate it, and rightfully so. That's our passion. That's our fandomonium, if you will. So I saw it, and it pissed me off, and I'm like, what a dick move. But I love it. I just love it. It's dumb, but I do. When you saw that, Grant, what was your reaction? I, I just don't get it. I He's acting in comments that he's made like his time in Milwaukee was so miserable and the team always stunk and they were never any good and no one ever came to the games. I, I, I don't get it. All they did was win and the crowds were pretty good and the Brewers front office got what, him a lot of good players. I, I don't get it. What has Craig Council said that you felt was like... I, I, I read a lot of what Craig says. And on one hand, everything he says could be taken with a double entendre of either one, he's just praising the Cubs organization, the fan base, how loyal they've been over the years, you know, how much they care about Cubs baseball. Yeah. On the other hand, you could take it as it's a shot against the Brewers. And if we're sitting here with a complex as the little stepchild that we always feel like we are because we don't get the respect, we don't have the same money, we don't have the same – you know, massive amount of eight plus million people in a small, densely populated area to be able to fortify, you know, our stadium on the day in and day out. 
we, we take it as some kind of a shot towards us. What has he said that really got under your skin? Anything in particular? No, I, I guess nothing. But this is a little weird. Like, this was annoying. It's day one of a spring training game. And you're like, oh, look at the crowd. I guess I made, right. the, I made the right choice. I, Brewers always have nice crowds at spring training. Right. I, I, he's, he's talking like he managed the Oakland A's for 10 years. I don't get it. Right. I will say, the, if you, and you'll see it if you go out and take a look at it, uh, the Cubs facility is amazing. It's it's there was no way Mesa, Arizona was ever going to allow the Cubs to leave when the Cubs wanted a new facility. They went over and above because of the amount of money that Chicago Cubs fans generate for that area. They, they they'll see it back tenfold. So they knew go crazy on this Wrigley Field West thing that they wanted to build out in Mesa. So, yeah, it's when you look at Maryville and you look at the area that Maryville's placed in and you look at the fact that they painted it, they did everything, and, and they made it look nice. But the Brewers were on the back end of all these other stadiums being constructed, all these other, you know, jointly used facilities, short of a few of them that are out there, uh, like the Cubs, that are all these mad, like, you know, Talking Stick is amazing. Goodyear is amazing. Uh, Camelback is amazing. You know, what they did in Surprise, Arizona, uh, out there for the Rangers and such, is amazing. They got Ballparks are just beautiful. They're everywhere out there. I think Diablo Stadium, even though it's antiquated, is still one of the most scenic places of all out there in Arizona where the Angels have their facility. It's just, it's stunning. But I agree with you. It's, you know, the, the Brewers have always had good crowds for spring training games. But I think there's this, and the announcement of Cody Bellinger coming back and such, I think there was a buzz. New manager, we've got the Brewers guy that was a winner for so many years. I think they've got a, a shot of adrenaline right now. Which, by the way, if we're comparing franchises, what I've been saying on my show is the Brewers and the Cubs are way more similar than you would think. Like, mostly been historically relevant. The Cubs won their World Series in 2016. The Brewers lost theirs in 82. The rest right. of their history has been cursed. The Cubs are lovable losers. I keep saying the Brewers are just the losers. Like, they're maybe not right. as lovable. They're both loser organizations. This Cody Bellinger signing is a Brewer signing. It's a pillow deal, right? It's, right. A, it's a huge average annual value with opt-outs after every season for the player to get the option to go chase more money. Like, these organizations are the, they're the same, except the Cubs are in a big city and they play at Wrigley. They're right. the same. And they have the nationwide moniker, like you said, of the lovable losers because of the romance of the days from a Harry Carey. And anybody that's in the younger audience uh, just jumped onto the bandwagon. It's like when people grow up out of state to be Cowboys fans. You know, it's it's America's team, and you're kind of you know you're you're beat beat with that. So it's it's fashionable to be a Cowboys fan. You know that type of thing. So I I just I look at it as just pin it up, look at it, you know, keep a little fire in your in your belly, and just go out and do your do your due diligence to beat that team. I mean, ultimately, you you should have them in the rearview mirror anyway. You should not be losing, you know, ground and losing the division to the Cubs unless the Cubs do something miraculous. And Craig Council pushes more right buttons than he's ever pushed before. I just don't think they're as talented. But I, it, it's it just add for us fans. It gives us something to talk about. It gives us something to seethe over. I was sitting um, Saturday night. Was it Saturday night? Saturday night. We, yeah, Saturday night. We, uh, 
we were out for the day. And we were doing a lot of different stuff, Kristen and I, because we just took it easy this weekend, and I wasn't feeling great anyway. And we went to a little restaurant up the street from us called Casa Tequila. Love that place. So we're sitting down at the bar, and there's a couple sitting next to me, and I'm listening to this woman and her husband talk. And they're now on one side they got college, and we're at the bar eating. One side is college basketball. The other side is college basketball. And in the middle is the MLB network. And the Cubs pop up. And, and this woman, very, I'll give her all the credit in the world. I mean, she knew names, dates, times, places, very much a sports enthusiast. Starts talking about counsel. Hope they lose every game. Hope he's miserable as a manager. Hope, I mean, just, it was just, if, if, if Beelzebub could pop up out in center field at Wrigley Field and just point the finger of death, doom, and destruction on the Chicago Cubs, that's what she wants to happen. She's so pissed off, her and her husband. And I'm like, this is great. And then they put that up. This is what Craig Council had to say. And she went off. But that's, that's what makes this rivalry great is they have that we are superior, we're the big city, you're nothing, you're Milwaukee, you're losers, you live in a backwoods, cheese-eating, broad-eating, beer-swilling town, blah, blah, blah. And that's the way they look at us. We can come in and we can buy you. We'll throw our money around. We'll plug up your toilets and screw up your sewer system, and then we're leaving. Whereas we have the complex of we're, we're the little brother, so to speak. and But we've had superiority over them for a while now, led by Craig Council. So this just adds fuel to the fire for the rivalry for the fans. I don't think it means two damn things for the players or the franchises. Maybe if you're Mark Atanasio and you're sitting there going, oh, that that's kind of a shot. That sucks. Or if you're maybe some of the people that worked with him in the clubhouse or if you're some of the people that worked with him, say, in stadium sales and tickets and all that kind of stuff, okay, you're maybe taking a little bit of offense to that. But the people on the field, I don't think it really means too much. It's just like, okay, we got a job to do anyway. We're trying to win a championship here. We're trying to win the division first, get to the postseason. So our job is to go out and beat the Cubs anyway. I don't think it adds a ton of fuel to the fire. It's not like football or basketball where you can get physical. You can push them around a little bit more. Baseball is a slow, methodical, at times non-energizing game. It, it runs off of your next pitch adrenaline. It doesn't run off play by play by play by play by play. It, to where you can physically dominate an opponent. And, and that's that's the difference. So I think that for us fans, it's great. For the people in the clubhouse, I don't think it means too much. Is that a, is, is that a kind of a the point of view you have? Hmm. Well, I tell you what, Bill. Uh, I Maybe I'll have to ask next week when I'm down at, at spring training. Maybe I'll have to ask a couple of players. I would, I would imagine you're more right than wrong. They might see yeah. it and roll their eyes and crack some jokes about it, but I – I think Brewers fans are a lot more obsessed right. with it than the players probably are. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what makes it great. It sucks. It's a shot. It gives me more just seething palatability when it comes to salivating for this team to go down. Just just like the Titanic, you want to watch them sink slowly into the abyss of that good night. You just want them to go down. But it's great because it just adds fuel to the fire. It gives us anxiety when the Brewers go to Chicago and you want to plan those bus trips with the bars and all that kind of stuff. And then when obviously the Cubs come here and that stadium's going to be packed and will Craig be booed or cheered? And it just, it gives you so much fuel for the fire when you walk in with your belly full of this as a fan. And I love it. Absolutely love it. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. Stick around. we got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. 
This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. If you are thinking about doing new doors, new windows, now's the time to do it. Entryways, safety, home value, curb appeal, whatever it happens to be, uh, they got it going on right now. And here's the reason why is because you can get, for a long time, it was 0% for up to 36 months. Uh, now it's up to 60 months. I kid you not. The Pella Windows and Doors, they offer some of the best and most energy efficient windows in the industry. Keep the cold out, the heat in, vice versa in the summertime, and you get 0% up to 60 months right now. Pella's premium wood windows, uh, they got patio doors with different, you know, just incredible craftsmanship, but different hardware, uh, exterior, interior, whatever it happens to be, you can choose traditional or contemporary, and you can get all of this done 0% up to 60 months. Up to 60 months. It's it, it, What an incredible offer. They don't really offer this hardly ever. Uh, so go to PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. Or call them, 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855-PELLA-WI. And just get the free in-home consultation. And they can pick out something, whether it's the vinyl windows, the impervia windows, the different lines of wood windows, something for your budget, something for your taste, something for your like, whatever it happens to be, they can get you something. And it's they're awesome. Go to PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. Good stuff. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a shout, please feel free to do so. Bottom of the hour, our buddy Chuck Freeman. Uh, going to join us from the Locked On Brewers podcast. And uh, we'll get his take because I know he's not a Cubs fan. Oh, he hates the Cubs with a passion, with a passion. So uh, we will we'll talk to Chuck. And then uh, a little bit later on today, we're going to talk some Bucks basketball as well. Dave Kane going to be joining us, going to talk more about that Bucks. Bucks get back-to-back wins and look good doing it. So can they now, putting this at least seemingly for the time being, with this stretch run ahead of them, can they put this on the track and make a serious run at, to the Boston Celtics? We shall see. Um, we shall see. By the way, on the Bucks, I just I want to say that I think we should say this now at the beginning of the week, so it doesn't seem like we're playing the results. The Bucks come into the All Star break are two and zero. Awesome wins on the road against the Wolves, who lead the West, right. and the Sixers. They now have the Hornets in back to back games, and then the Bulls. They should be five and zero after these next three games. That's mm-hmm. my expectation. They should be five and zero out of the break. Like that's and so if they if lose they and are, we're mad, I I just I want to make sure we're not playing the results. That's what should happen. If they are five and zero and doing it with style points, unlike what Giannis likes to hear, and they're doing it with style points, and they just they beat a good 76ers team, they beat a good Minnesota team, the Minnesota um, Timberwolves lead lead the West. They beat a good Minnesota team. If they now beat up on these teams that are laying ahead of them. And do it with style points. Do we then say, yeah, the Bucks? it looks like they figured this whole thing out? I think if they win two of these three games, like if they if they smack around the Hornets once and the Bulls, and if one of them are close, like I'll be okay if they look 
better in two of the three games. Maybe they don't need to blow out, you know, all three of these games. The important part is, like, they should be 5-0 and because after the stretch, Bill, they got to play Clippers, Warriors, Lakers, Clippers, Kings, Sixers, Suns, Celtics. They got a really tough part of the schedule coming up after this weekend. Right. But they should stack three more wins before they embark on this West Coast trip. Absolutely. See, I think so, too. And I and then when the West Coast trip hits, what you want to see is get a couple of wins where you don't think you would normally get an easy win, even if it's a hard fought win. Get them, you know. If you if you lose one on the road trip, not a terrible thing. But what you don't want to do is win these starting five and then go on the road and lose three, and then you're right back to where you're where you're at, and we're questioning whether or not that you're even that good of a uh, you know basketball team. So I, I agree with you. 877-867-1670, Uh, This one is from Kerry. Kerry says, uh, hey, Bill, I think the Milwaukee Brewers are going to be the front runner this year, but who do you think is going to be behind them, Cincinnati or St. Louis? I think St. Louis has a terrific pitching staff. If they can stay healthy, they would be the team to beat. I would disagree. I think St. Louis has, I, I agree with you, if they stay healthy. But you look at the the projected ERAs of that team this year coming in, I don't know if they have more firepower than what the young upstart Cincinnati Reds do. They have better pitching than Cincinnati in name. But I think Cincinnati can do it in many different facets. They can power the ball to the ballpark. They can play station to station. They can steal bases. They can, they can make you make mistakes with the speed that they have on that team. I would probably say Cincinnati uh, before I would say the Cardinals, but because the Cardinals have been there and done that so many times, we just kind of look at it that way. They, eh, the Cardinals, are just, it's just kind of like their birthright that they're going to be there in the, in the end because that's the way the Cardinals do it. And I, I don't I, – I think the Cardinals, and I've said it before, I think it's an all-or-nothing bust. It, it's it's you're going to either going to win the division or this thing's going to just splinter apart. You're trading off pieces at the trade deadline and it is what it is. So I, that's just, that's just my thought. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Uh, this one's from Jake. Jake says, uh, Hey Bill, did you see the guy that was next to you out at Super Bowl? Cam Newton get jumped at his camp. Uh, pretty spectacular video. I didn't. Um, he sent me the link to this. You you got to watch it, Bill. It's pretty nuts. He oh my god. Yeah, he got jumped what? by a bunch of guys. Why? Do we know why? I don't know. I didn't. I don't know. I saw the video and had a laugh and didn't really feel like I needed to read that much into it. <laughs> I don't know why. I yeah. I mean, wow. That's a. Because when I first saw the video, when I clicked on it. Um, I saw this guy with this hat with all the, the dreads sticking up out of the hat. I'm like, oh, that looks like Kim Newton. And then I read the, the headline. It's like, holy crap. I wonder why. I, I, I will say, and you were there, that is not a demure bunch. That is not a... They're, they're, they march to the beat of their own drum. And... and at times, they don't give a damn about anybody around them. So I, but, but I don't know what started this. Man, that's, uh, that's crazy. If I were to try to jump a professional athlete, I'd maybe look for a kicker. 
Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not jumping Cam Newton. That's not someone I'm going right. to pick a fight with. <laughs> Cam's a big dude, man. For those that yeah. don't, I mean, he may be a former quarterback, but he's a big dude. He's a big dude. He looks a little taller because he wears a giant hat and, and has probably about eight inches of hair sticking out of the top of that thing. But but he's got one guy in a headlock, another guy he's fending off until another guy comes over and just starts wailing on him, and then finally security breaks it up. But, wow, I wonder what led to that. I wonder what led to that. Scott says, do you want to be next to him again next year? No. No. For as interesting as it was to to be next to him and see some of the guests that they had, no. They – it would it, – Grant, is this a good description – they have their world, and you're just breathing air in it. Well, it's it's tough. They had so many high-profile guests that a crowd would gather around to watch, which is right. cool. And that would happen like over on the McAfee set, but the McAfee set was off in its own corner, so there was space for it. I think if if they would redo the Super Bowl, they would put Cam Newton on the outside where there's more space because that's better yeah. for everybody. Yeah. Right. I mean, some of their guys, their guys weren't like Jags or anything. They were pretty cool. But you know, like remember the uh, the we you know the morning chant sessions with the group, almost like they're getting in a huddle and singing and screaming and yelling, and you know we're all kind of on the air, and they're just they don't care. <laughs> they're going to be loud. They're going to be obnoxious. They don't care. Uh, again, like I said, you're in their world, but God forbid you get in their way uh, or try to you know make your space, so to speak. But. But I don't know what happened here. That's an that's an amazing uh, video right there. I watched it the Super Bowl. I because I was on the air in the evening when the place is a little empty, and I think it was Tuesday night when Cam Newton's people like they were bringing all the pieces of the set in, and they kept getting in the shot of NBC Sports Boston, who we were next to, and I'm on the air. And, you know, if you're on air a lot, like, you're pretty good at multitasking. Like, you can read or you can watch something kind of while you're talking. And mm-hmm. these Boston guys are like, what the heck? Like, in a very Boston way, you know, getting yeah. into it with them. It was it was very entertaining. A lot of big personalities. Yeah, yeah there's – everybody's got a measuring stick out there. And my – I've always been kind of respectful. And for those that don't know, I mean, look, you get so much space uh, in Radio Row at the convention center. It used to be very much monitored by the NFL. You couldn't have signs more than three feet high. You couldn't take up more space than what you were allotted. You know, I mean, it it was very regimented. Now it's like the Wild West. It's like bring big sets, move tables around. The people next to you, screw them. Get as big, as loud, as boisterous as possible. It's very much like social media is today. That's what it is. And for those that have been around a long time, like myself, Mike Clemens, I go with the guys from – from Vancouver, uh, Bob uh, uh, Moj and those guys. Uh, a lot of these radio stations, the people from Tyler, Texas, that have been there for so many years, we're, I don't want to say old school, but we're very, very respectful of what goes on in that place because that's everybody's job. And there's some people that come in that just don't care. They don't give a damn about anybody. And that was the edge of the Cam Newton group where don't get in their way. They are you're you're in their world and and they're just going to allow you to breathe the air for a minute or two, but that's that's all you're there for. So uh, anyway, uh, but I did not see that video until today. Holy mackerel, Cam Newton's getting wailed on. Uh, let's do this. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk with our buddy Chuck Freeman from the Lockdown Brewers podcast. We'll talk with him 
uh, about this Brewers team, about the weekend, about uh, the Cubs posting that Craig Council's, wow, look at the crowds. Oh, boy, this must be the place to be, you know, that type of thing. We'll get into all of that. This portion of the program, place you want to go watch the games. They've got it, Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill on Pewaukee Lake, Lakeview Boulevard. Whether it's going in there for a pizza, the wraps, the pig porker sandwich, for meat raffles, for a lot of the charity events that they do before and after, say, Pewaukee games or any of the high schools in that area, a lot of good stuff going on at Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill on Pewaukee Lake, Lakeview Boulevard. Stop in. Tell Ryan and his staff we said hi. More of the Bill Michael Show. Chuck Free. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Have you back? Hey, our friends at Burn Pit Barbecue. They had a big weekend over the weekend. They were out at the uh, the fishing show, which is the fishing show, World of Wheels. I mean, all that kind of stuff going on, and you're going to find them all over the place. But uh, the pogie stuff, the po- the sweet and uh, the the sweet and hot barbecue sauce. That's what I love. And I was talking about it last week on the air. But uh, the pogie, P O G E Y. Ask for it by name. It is fantastic. Go to burnpitbbq.com. People rave about this stuff. As we had an email a little bit earlier that said he could just drink it with a straw. It's just that good. Uh, go to burnpitbbq.com, and whether it's it's sauces, rubs, hot sauces they have now, Burn Pit Barbecue, veteran-owned, based right here in the state of Wisconsin, one of the best veteran-owned companies in the country, and we're proud to have them right here in our own backyard. Burnpitbbq.com. Joining us now on the hotline, our guy, Locked On Brewers Podcast, Chuck Freeman is here. Chucker, how you doing, pal? Oh, now that you got me hungry for some barbecue, Bill. My goodness. <laughs> God. You and I can put it away, too. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. Uh, now, are you home or are you out in uh, Maryville? No, I, I'm here for uh, some March Madness. You know, I'm doing some high school playoffs here. Oh, that's right. That's um, right. Local, you know, we got a lot of that going on. You know, the sectional semifinals are this week. Uh, boys are starting up. So I love doing it. You know, I love doing the the high school state tournament stuff. So going to be around here for a little bit doing that. And, uh, yeah, but, you know, I'm following, obviously. And we're still putting out podcasts, but, you know, still doing all this other high school stuff to, to get me through here in March. So, okay, let me get your initial reaction. You see the, you know, the Craig Council picture over the weekend where he says uh, something to the effect of, this is, uh, you know, kind of a a big deal or whatever the hell the uh, actual quote was. And I'm trying to find it as I sit here and sift through and I should have had it ready. But uh, he says, a huge crowd on day one. So, you know, you're in a different place. The Cubs Mm -hmm. published it. I said, look, I don't think anybody in the clubhouse it really means to anything. But I, I could only—I was seething over it, but I loved it, and I can only imagine you smashing a couple of bobbleheads over it. Yeah, you know, Bill, I think people are going to scrutinize every time he says something, and go, and they're going to say to him, "Aha, you right. didn't want to be in Milwaukee." No, but but what he's saying is he not saying anything wrong? I had no problem with him, to be honest, going to Chicago. I mean, that's a business decision. You know, that's a business decision. Right. And yes, going to Chicago, it's like if uh, somebody from the Tennessee Titans comes to play in Green Bay, they're going to say, wow, what an atmosphere up here playing for the Green Bay Packers. Right. Nothing against Tennessee, but there's certain franchises, and the Cubs are one of them, that the Yankees, and you put the Packers in there, Notre Dame, just trademark historic franchises. So, yeah, when you go to when you go to Cubs spring training, uh, Ho Ho Camp Park, I believe it's called. It's different than 
where the Brewers are. It's just a different atmosphere, and there's a larger crowd. There's no doubt about it. So he's not saying anything that's different. It's, we can't take offense to that. I uh, I watched the Brewers, uh, or I listened to the Brewers on Saturday out running around uh, doing errands. Uh, first of all, it was great to hear baseball back, which I'm always mm-hmm. thrilled with. They get off to a fast start. Sal Freelich goes two for two, scores a run and all that kind of stuff. They ended up winning the game 11-7. Uh, I don't really, really read hardly anything into early spring training games because a lot of times you got pitchers just trying to get control. They're just trying to make mm-hmm. work on one pitch. So, uh, but what are the stories right now that you kind of find intriguing coming out of camp? Well, I- I'm with you because I don't even look at if a guy has got a bad spring. If somebody goes out there and pitches terribly, because on the other end, conversely, when someone goes out there and lights it up at spring training, automatically, oh, God, this guy's having a heck of a spring. He's got to make the roster. He's going to help this team out. And, you know, then April comes, and the guy's terrible. And he's back down in the minor leagues, and maybe never hear from him again. So I don't put a lot of stock in in stats. You know, Wes Clark hit two home runs yesterday for the Brewers, okay? All right. I mean, who are you facing? Uh, you're right. not facing. You're not facing Hall of Fame pitching at this point. Uh, somebody might get excited and say, "Bill, well, Sal Freelich in the leadoff spot. Oh, I wonder if that's the way that you know. The, the, is that the way the Brewers are going to go? Which not a bad way to go. I said this last year. I'd like Sal in the leadoff spot. But yeah, they're just filling out the lineup card, easing people in. It's a long baseball season. You know, you're not going to see Yelich in that leadoff spot and, and and get that regular lineup in there for for a little bit. And you know, they're throwing bodies out there and, and just trying to you know get through. It's a long, long process. But the, the I, th- I think the one you know back to the original question, Jackson Cheerio. I just think that just just getting used to him and watching his at bats and all that. And even if he has a bad spring, I'm not going to read too much into it. Yeah, I'm I'm not either. I. I want to see how South Freelick does in the infield. I want to see how the pitching rotation starts to shake out, you know, where mm-hmm. they're using guys. I want to see Christian Yelich and see he obviously looks a little bit bigger, a little more buff, a little stronger. I want to see if he kind of powers a few balls out of the ballpark. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's so – I always tell fans, don't hang on what the outcomes are of baseball games and spring training because it's just – I mean, there was a time when I remember – sitting down talking to Ben Sheets, and Ben Sheets was just throwing fastballs for the first two outings, and he got shelled a little bit, but all he was trying to do was they had some kind of gauge where he was supposed to hit the black. He was not supposed to hit any white of the plate, Mm -hmm. and he was throwing two innings and three innings, and he was just throwing fastballs. And everybody's like, oh, God, he got shelled. But no, he was just trying to get that control down before he started throwing in the breaking stuff and the off-speed stuff, so... It, you you really got to understand the dynamic of what spring training is all about because really it's just exhibition work is all it is. Oh yeah, if Freddie Peralta gives up four home runs in the first inning, he can be doing exactly what you're talking about. And people, oh no, Freddie's right. not ready to be the opening days. No, no, they're working. When you see people jogging in the outfield during a game, which you do, you see pitchers or catchers or, or players just getting some exercise right. in the outfield when a game's going on. That, right. that tells you everything you need to know about about these games. Now that said, being out there and enjoying that atmosphere is, is amazing. It's fun to be out there as you know. Um, But these numbers, I would just say some of the young guys, but again, if someone has amazing spring training, let's say Wes Clark goes out and hits 10 home runs in spring training and and they go 15 and seven or whatever it is in spring training, the team does that chances are that doesn't parlay into the start of the season. I've always looked at spring training as that's where everybody pretty much knows who's on the roster. You're just trying mm-hmm. to make sure that one, guys are healthy, and two, that if there's one or two spots 
You know, and we've seen this where like somebody doesn't make the team, but they have this incredible spring and, and they're eye opening and whether or not they're going to be the first call up or not. And if they are, do they pick up where they left off or getting sent back down? Does that kind of diminish their their attitude? I mean, th- that's where you kind of get into the more intriguing stories when it comes to spring training, right? Yeah. And, and somebody might make the team out of camp and then. Maybe yeah. a couple of days after the season starts, they're back down at AAA. They're gone. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just because you make the team out of camp, that that doesn't mean anything. But you know, you remember yeah. the story with Bryce Terang making the roster when they told him last year, and he's crying, he's calling his parents. I mean, what an all, amazing scene! You know that 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 those yeah. are the cool stories that you you see. But yeah, um, and, and you're fighting for the back end of the roster. Really, I don't think you're really you're, you're this spring training. This isn't going to determine who the five guys are going to be in the rotation. They know who's going to start. They know who's going to play what positions. Now, what this does do is it allows a guy like Sal Freelich, who has not played the infield since high school, it allows him to get reps at third base and second base and, and, and that sort of thing. And, you know, I mean, find out what you got with Ortiz and, and guys like that. But other than that, there's no positions being won or lost uh, as far as starters. It's all back end of the roster guys and back end of that rotation guys. And the other thing that I've always found interesting is, you know, I I know there's a lot of people that get out to spring training right away because you're excited about it and anticipating it. Mm -hmm. I have never found spring training to be really deeply educational until after the minor league guys go off to the minor league camp, because then, you know, who they're looking at for the roster, and then you start to mm-hmm. see the managerial style. You start to see talks and stuff going on about what guys are working on, where they have concerns, things that aren't working well, what options they may have if things aren't working out in certain areas. That I, I mean, I know you want to get out there and you want to get in the sun, you want to enjoy it, but it's usually after the guys that are the minor leaguers go to the minor league camp, that's when things start to get real, and you, you can really tell a lot more about a team then. Oh, yeah, and there's so many fields, and there's A games and B games, the B yes. squad, and and you might read into, oh, this guy's playing on the B squad today. Why isn't he with the A? No, right. no, not at all. Uh, you know, Bryce Wilson uh, made a start uh, on the hill, and he's a reliever. You know, these guys are going one inning, maybe two innings at tops and all that. But, yeah, you're going to um, – but the Brewers have a lot of prospects. If you look at – the, you know, there's a reason why they got the second-best farm system rated by baseball America because they got, they got several seven or eight top one hundreds in the farm system. So Mm -hmm. I guess watching those guys and seeing how they, they go and all that, but you know, there's a lot of similarities I think bill between this and and Packers training camp where, you know, we could watch an exhibition game of of the Packers and, and, and find a guy could have two or three picks in a game, a guy you never heard of an undrafted free agent. And just because he makes the roster doesn't mean like he's going to be there opening day. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, uh, I was uh, kind of paying attention to some of the stuff going on in other camps as well. I mean, Cincinnati's still trying to figure out their pitching, but uh, I think all eyes are still on St. Louis with this aging staff that they have. Nobody under the age of 32 is going to be thrown for them in the starting rotation. Um, I, Chuck, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I think this is an all-or-nothing move, and if, if this works, then they're going to win the division running away because they have everybody on that staff if healthy, has the ability to extend a winning streak. But when you look at the projections by fan side, mm-hmm. nobody is projected to be under like a four and a half, five ERA in that starting rotation. I, I just, yeah. I don't know how they're going. I, I have a feeling this could be like, this is a last ditch effort and this is going to be a massive crash and burn. Yeah, I could. I, I definitely with St. Louis. I, who saw that last year? Who fit Who saw them right? finishing 20, 21 games behind the Brewers? Right. Uh, nobody did. 
you know, with that said, I think the division, you know, with the Cardinals starting rotation still suspect, in my opinion, you know, the Cubs going out and getting Bellinger, uh, that was no surprise. They waited late in the game and, you know, they both kind of came to an agreement. Uh, I think this division is going to be really tight now. Um, you got four teams outside the P- Pittsburgh Pirates who I think have a real good shot at, uh, you know, making things happen. I think, the, you know, we could see 87 wins win this division. Um, but you know, I still feel like between now and spring training, the Brewers might make a move or two. Not so sure Willie Adamas is still going to be on this roster. We'll see. Yeah. But uh, nothing nothing really surprises me. Uh, and I, I got, like I said, I think we have one or two moves to make the see out of this team before, you know, the season kicks up a little bit later on in March. Good stuff as always, Chucker. Where do they find you and when do they find you? All right, Bill. Uh, when you're not listening to the Bill Michael show, obviously, when Bill shows off, then you got to go to Google, Spotify, Apple. We're on all the major downloads, Locked on Brewers, our growing YouTube page. All right, go to YouTube, search Locked on Brewers, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell. I don't have any barbecue to offer you like Bill has, <laughs> but we have good content just like Bill's show. <laughs> there you go. Find it there. Chuck, always a pleasure, bud. We'll talk to you again soon, okay? Absolutely, Bill. Have yourself a good game. See you, pal. There you go. That's our buddy Chuck Freeman joining us for a couple of minutes. Good, good stuff. Speaking of good stuff, if you're out in La Crosse, Pearl Street, that's where you want to go. Buzzard Billy's. Great place. Fish fry this past weekend. Had a few people that went there and sent me a couple of pictures. One got the uh, the catfish fish fry. The other one got the codfish fry. Uh, and then I want to say hi to Janice and Jake. They uh, just got married about two weeks ago. And they had their whole wedding party that stopped by Starlight Lounge, and they all got cocktails, and Jake sent me the picture of it. So congratulations to Janice and Jake. And uh, they went to the Starlight Lounge, took a shot of it, sent it to me. Great stuff. Good. I've been telling you for a while. Starlight Lounge, man, great date night. You want to go out and just have a cool evening? That's a place to go. Buzzard Billy's downstairs, Starlight Lounge upstairs, out in La Crosse, Wisconsin, on Pearl Street downtown. And uh, it's that old 1860s brick hotel. Both places really cool. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Now. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you back. Monday edition of the Bill Michael Show. Excited. Six o'clock news somebody been shot. Somebody's been abused. You've got um, a lot of stuff. Um, NFL free agency on the horizon. And uh, also um, you've got uh, the NFL draft coming up the end of April. You've got opening day coming up. Don't forget, by the way, uh, our opening day broadcast this year is going to be Tuesday, April 2nd. We're going to be live at Steny, second to national in Walker's Point, and excited about that. Again, this year, we're going to be there, so come on down. Uh, plan your day around it, because if you're going to, say, take the day off and you're going to go to the game, which, by the way, the game is a 3 o'clock game. So you can come down. The doors open, I believe, at 10, 10 or 11. But you can come down, enjoy the morning, get yourself one of their award-winning Bloody Marys and grab some food and hang out, watch the show. Myself, Chuck Freeman. Kevin Holden from CBS 58, all going to be there. And then you're still going to have enough time to jump on the shuttle after the show ends and head over to the ballpark and still catch the Brewers 
and the Twins. So looking forward to a great day down at Stanley. Second and National Walker's Point. We're going to be there for the opening day broadcast, the Brewers home opener, coming up on Tuesday, April 2nd. Put it on your calendars, and we hope to see you there. Hope to, Even if you're coming into town from anywhere around the rest of the state of Wisconsin, come on down to Stenny's and join us and take the shuttle over and back. We're going to have a fun time down there. We always do. Always do. Looking forward to it. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a shout, please feel free. Go ahead and give us a shout. We'd love to have you. Uh, this one's from Rick. Rick says, uh, hey, Unit, I think it's going to be the Cardinals, then the Reds, then the Brewers, and the Cubs. I think the Brewers and the Cubs are only going to be separated by game or two. But I think the Brewers don't have it in them to repeat. I think Cincinnati's ready to ascend, and the Cardinals are going to have a huge bounce-back year this year. Book it. I don't. I can see maybe one thing happening, but not all of those things happening. It's a good prediction. But do you think the, the Cardinals really bounce from – from the, one of the worst seasons they've ever had to back to where they look like they're going to be the division leader again? Do you see that? I, I just I don't see that. Like I said, I mean, it could be a wild success. But last year, think about this. The Cubs, like, the Cubs finished in the basement five games behind Pittsburgh. Their run differential. Now, this is what they're trying to fix. Their run differential was fifth worst, sixth worst, worst, worst in baseball. In baseball, the Oakland A's were negative three hundred and thirty-nine last year. The A's were outscored by three hundred and thirty-nine runs. Think about that. Good God, that's that's almost two and a half runs a game they were outscored by. Uh, the Rockies outscored by 236. The uh, Kansas City Royals outscored by 183. Then you had the Washington Nationals outscored by 145. And then the Cardinals. They were a negative 110 last year, which is the reason that they went out and they just bought this this veteran, been there, done that rotation. They may not give up 10 runs a game, but they're going to give up four, and they're going to hope that maybe five, and they're going to hope that they've got enough offense now to power past or that some of these guys get a little bit of a, a youthful rejuvenation in their arms and elbows, and they're better than what maybe their projections are. But it's either going to be a a wild success or a horrific bust. I don't see much in between. 21 games out last year, dead last in the National League Central. I just don't think with just putting in veteran arms in your starting rotation, you're going to make up 21 games. That's a lot. Two hours down, two hours yet to go. Don't go anywhere. Got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Stay tuned. A whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this.